The advent of supercomputers of ever-increasing power and algorithms constantly being tweaked, it's all made the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration better and better at weather forecasting. But now NOAA has done something it hasn't done in 40 years, and that's upgrade the model's dynamical core. Joining me with what that all means, the director of the Environmental Modeling Center at NOAA, Brian Gross. Mr. Gross, good to have you on. Thank you. It's great to be here. So my understanding is that NOAA and the Weather Service have been constantly at this, but now you're saying this is the first time in 40 years. What is the dynamical core, and what have you done? The systems that we use to predict the weather are very complex systems, and, and a good analogy to use is if you think of these prediction systems as automobiles, think of the dynamical core as the engine. It is one of the core pieces of a numerical weather prediction system, and it predicts primarily the atmospheric winds and the atmospheric pressure, these quantities that you hear about on the, the nightly news every evening. And what was wrong with the old dynamical core? What did it not do in terms of the ability to forecast? Well, the previous dynamical core, which was called the global spectral model, I wouldn't say there was anything wrong with it, but the new dynamical core, based on what we call FE3, has the capability to provide more accurate numerical answers for atmospheric wind and pressure uh, on a uh, efficient level, more efficient than the global spectrum model uh, uh, could have provided for us previously. And so we're using this new dynamical core based on FE3 uh, as a foundation for future improvements in our weather prediction systems. Is the dynamical core software? It is software. Numerical weather prediction systems are almost entirely software. So then these are brand new algorithms and not simply tweaked ones that you've been working on all along? That is correct. The the fundamental numerics of these numerical weather prediction systems, the way that we try and solve some of the fundamental equations that govern how the wind moves and pressure changes in the atmosphere, uh, the FE3 dynamical core is a different way of solving these equations than the previous global spectral model. Got it. And what does FE3 stand for? Finite volume. So imagine that the world, if you, if you had a cube that was made out of rubber, and the cube has eight corners, eight vertices, and you started inflating this cube, the sides, each of the six sides would bulge out until it formed a sphere, and this is what, uh, how we break down the globe into these little bits and pieces. Uh, and on each of these bits and pieces, we solve the equations of motion. Got it. And how do you know that this is the right way to go? That is to say, do you test an algorithm during the event, during the measurement of wind, and then see what happens later and make sure they match? I mean, I'm not describing it very well, but you get the idea. You're doing pretty well. So once we have a numerical prediction system, um, we have the old numerical prediction system, and now we have the upgraded numerical prediction system, we can actually go back and run reforecasts of previous weather events to see how the new system performs compared to the old system. And so for this dynamical core upgrade uh, that we introduced, uh, we ran over three years of reforecasts looking at phenomena during the summer, looking at phenomena during the winter, and looking uh, specifically at hurricane predictions to see how well the model performed. And across the board, um, the improved uh, results that we achieved with the FE3 dynamical core uh, give us confidence that moving ahead, this is a, a good improvement to make in our weather prediction systems.
It sounds like the old system got you about 95% of where you wanted to be and the final 5% were maybe too much of a slog or impossible, and now you've gotten to a new baseline almost. It is a new baseline. Uh, as, as we want increasingly more accurate predictions, one of the ways that we do that is that uh, we divide the earth. I described this, you know, dividing the earth up into these little pieces. If we make these pieces smaller and smaller, we think we can get more accurate answers. But when we make these pieces smaller and smaller, we demand a lot more computational horsepower to solve the equations of motion. And with the new dynamical core, we can solve those equations more efficiently going forward than we could with the old spectral model. We're speaking with Brian Gross. He's director of the Environmental Modeling Center at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. And with this new model, then I imagine it required a lot more computing power than you might have required 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely. Our goal is to provide the best possible uh, numerical guidance for the folks that forecast the weather and the weather service and others. And it is critically dependent on the computational power that's made available to us to perform these calculations. Now, when you predict weather, atmosphere is one thing, moisture is something, and the interaction of the atmosphere with the ocean and large bodies of water are part of it. How does this new atmospheric type of measurement system and algorithms How does that take in the water and the moisture? So moisture is one of the things, one of the variables, if you will, uh, that we predict. Um, We predict the moisture content of each individual piece of air uh, that we we have in our model. Uh, And there are many, many different things that can happen to that. If you lift a piece of air, it can expand and cool, and the water vapor that's in that piece of air can condense out, and it can form ice, snow, or rain. Uh, and then that rain can fall, and, and these are all processes that we have to account for in the model. And going forward, uh, we are planning on actually coupling explicitly the atmosphere with the ocean. And so what this it lets us do is it lets us extend our predictions from, say, a week out to several weeks, because the ocean contains a lot of important information that the atmosphere sees, and the ocean impacts how the atmosphere behaves. I mean, that's really the practical benefit of this, is pushing accuracy out further than a few hours or a couple of days. Yes, correct. And I was talking with one of your colleagues, Dr. Ramaswamy, who's a Sammy's Award winner and works on all of these algorithms, and he mentioned decadal forecasts and even century-long forecasts, and I wasn't quite sure what that was all about. We in the National Weather Service, we have uh, a lead time, which is what we call how far out we predict, out to about two years. And after that, it becomes much more of a research topic. And Dr. Ramaswamy, um, who is at the Geophysical Fluid Dynamics Laboratory, one of the NOAA research laboratories up in Princeton, New Jersey, um, actually uh, the the Geophysical Fluid Dynamics Laboratory actually was the developer of the FE3 dynamical core that the National Weather Service is using in its upgraded global forecast system. So these decadal and century scale um, predictions are uh, designed to try and figure out some of the broader patterns of change that we might see in the Earth's system over those time scales, decades to, to about a century. And this idea of combining the water 
conditions, with the atmospheric conditions. Hasn't that been a long-held dream of forecasters? It has been. We think we're doing pretty well at the shorter time scales. Um, obviously, there's, there's great room for improvement, especially when you consider uh, how important it is to accurately predict things like severe weather or other extreme phenomena. Uh, but but our, as we increase our knowledge of how, for example, the atmosphere and the ocean interact and how the ocean and the sea ice up in the Arctic, for example, uh, interact uh, with the atmosphere, these all give us uh, a little bit more confidence as our knowledge grows that we'll be able to figure out some of the, some of the signals that we might be able to see at these decadal time scales. But again, I, I want to be clear. You know, the National Weather Service, our, our business is predicting out to two years. Dr. Ramaswamy is part of NOAA Research, our research arm in NOAA, and they're doing a phenomenal job exploring how to improve our knowledge of what's going to be happening at these much longer timescales. And no plans to put out a yearly almanac of the weather? Not at this time. If you do, you have to put a hole in the corner so it can be hung up at the outhouse. And my other question is, is this now operational, your FE3? Yes, it is. It became operational yesterday. Well, congratulations, I guess, are in order. Brian Gross is director of the Environmental Modeling Center at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Thanks very much for joining me. Thank you very much. Appreciate the time. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffles Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.